Hello, I'm Ken Siong, Technical Director of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants. And I'm here with Stavros Tomadakis, Chair of the Board. We're joined by several board members, Caroline Gardner, Don Thompson, Marissa Aubert, and Gary Hannaford. We're here to discuss some of the highlights from the ethics boards meeting held in New York, April 13th through 15th, 2015. Stavros, this was your second meeting of the year. What were some of the highlights and key developments for you? This was indeed the second meeting, and it was a very good meeting of the ethics board. Uh, there was a lot of good and very thoughtful deliberation on all the subjects that we had on the agenda. And what was very satisfying to me was that every board member and task force chairs and task force members and staff indicated a very clear commitment to furthering our strategic work program, um, which is quite heavy, and we have a lot of commitments for this planning period until 2018. And I should also say that there was a very clear uh, public interest perspective and public interest commitment in uh, our, our work during those three days. And that is, I think, a very sure sign that we're moving in the right direction. All projects that uh, the Ethics Board is working on have been advanced. Uh, the four task force chairs uh, who will follow me will uh, give more detail each about the project, their project, the project that they're chairing. I must only note in closing that one of our projects is the um, a revision of the Part C of the code, which refers to uh, accountants, professional accountants in business. And this was only updated during this meeting as work on this is in progress and there will be a fuller discussion of this in our next meeting in uh, uh, late June. So with that, I want to uh, stop here and give the floor over to my colleagues, the task forces. Thank you. Thank you, Stavros. And if I may now turn to Caroline Gardner. Caroline, you chair the uh, board's project on responding to non-compliance or suspected non-compliance with laws and regulations. And this item was the first item on the board's agenda. Uh, would you be able to share the outcome of the uh, board's discussion on this project uh, to our listeners, please? Yes, Ken. Um, at this meeting, the board spent a lot of time looking at a revised exposure draft um, on how professional accountants should respond when they come across uh, non-compliance with laws and regulations in the course of their work. Um, listeners to the podcast may know that this is a project that's had a long history with the board, reflecting the fact that it is a very complex and sensitive situation and that the code needs to operate well in a wide range of different contexts and environments around the world. Um, I'm delighted that after a fair amount of discussion at this meeting, um, the board approved the text to go forward for re-exposure. Um, we're co confident now as a board, I think, that the direction we're taking both helps to provide real guidance to the professional accountant on how they should respond in these circumstances, where there is a requirement in local laws or regulations for what they should do, 
but also, and just as importantly, sets out a path for what they should do if they don't have the benefit of that guidance from local laws and regulations. The um, draft text will be going out for exposure in the next few weeks um, with a 120-day exposure period. We're very keen to hear the views of as many of our stakeholders as possible, um, from investors, regulators, people who prepare and use financial statements, as well as people in the profession. Um, we genuinely want to make sure this is as helpful as it can be to accountants in serving the public interest when they come across these very difficult situations. Thank you, Caroline, for this update. I may now turn to Marissa Obea. Marissa, you chair the board's long association project, and uh, this project was coming back to the board's agenda uh, for the second time this year. Uh, would you be able to update our listeners on the board's discussion, please? Sure, Ken, thank you. The um, long association project relates to efforts to improve the provisions relating to long association in the code, which include the key audit partner rotation requirements for audits of public interest entities. And just as a reminder to listeners, the project serves the public interest um, as long association of personnel on an audit engagement with the audit client can impact objectivity and professional scepticism. And these are very important contributors to audit quality. And at this meeting, the board's continued discussions that we started in January to consider comments arising from the ED that was uh, released at the end of 2014. Um, the amendments to the uh, principles in the general provisions were broadly supported by respondents and while the, the task force presented some improvements um, based on suggestions from respondents which uh, were mostly supported by the board, most of the discussion at this meeting centred uh, on the rotation requirements for key audit partners serving public interest entities. This is the area where most comments have been received. The board discussed two key issues. Um, first, whether we might somehow recognise the existence of different regulatory safeguards, for example, a jurisdiction that has implemented partner rotation as well as firm rotation, and whether the code could allow for the application of those rules instead of uh, the ones being uh, proposed. Um, this was in an effort to recognise the complexity of applying the proposals in a jurisdiction where a local regulator or legislator might have determined different requirements. Um, the board, however, was not generally comfortable that an exemption to applying the provisions um, without a proper mechanism for judging equivalence to the code um, would be in the public interest. Um, secondly, the board considered comments from some regulatory stakeholders um, that the EQCR should be subject, that's, apologies, the Engagement Quality Control Reviewer, uh, should be subject to the same longer cooling off period of five years that was being proposed for the engagement partner. Um, while not in any way suggesting that the uh, EQCR role is any less important than the engagement partner role, the majority of the board continued to consider that the longer cooling off period should apply to the engagement partner. The board's objective has always been to respond to the perception issues associated with long association and concluded when it developed the proposals that the engagement partner is the person who takes responsibility for the audit opinion, is most visible to stakeholders and clients and is most threatened by self-interest and familiarity threats. Um, therefore, the rotation requirements um, have been proposed to be stricter for that in individual than anyone else. However, the board continues to uh, consider uh, these comments um, and the task force 
We'll evaluate comments and views from this meeting as well, respect to the proposals and bring further recommendations to the board in July. Thank you, Marisa. If I may, not, if I may now turn to Don Thompson. Uh, Don, you chair the uh, board structure of the code project. And this project was coming back to the board uh, for a full uh, review of the comments and the consultation paper. What were the key outcomes of the board discussion? Ken, uh, first of all, the pr board's project on the structure of the code is proceeding on schedule. At this meeting, um, the board considered both the input received from respondents to the con consultation paper and agreed an action to address the input. The stakeholders have expressed widespread support for the project, and that includes the reaffirming the principles-based approach in the code and support for clarification of language. They provided advice on a number of matters, including distinguishing requirements from application material and emphasizing the requirement to comply with the conceptual framework. At this meeting, the board agreed to a structure of sections and subsections that emphasize the requirement to comply with the conceptual framework without undue repetition. The board also agreed to position application material separately but adjacent to the related requirement and agreed on a numbering system to clearly distinguish requirements from application material. One respondent's suggestion that professional accountants step back when applying the conceptual framework is being addressed by the Safeguards Task Force. A number of other topics were discussed by the board, including review and clarification of responsibility for compliance with the code, and that's a topic that the IWSB may address in its project to review ISQC-1. The board also discussed possible rebranding and shared ideas on that topic. Some of the respondents to the consultation paper expressed caution about the timetable for completion of an exposure draft, which is currently targeted for approval in December, and there's some concern about the risk of inadvertent changes due to the amount of material being addressed. The task force is utilizing mapping and other means of managing that risk. We'll also be seeking engagement from stakeholders at appropriate milestones as the project develops. Thank you, Don. Gary, if I may now turn to you. Um, Gary, you chair the board's uh, Safeguards project. And this project is, uh, 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 has a, a level of interest that, uh, if I may say, is, is as high as some of the, some of the other projects on the board and, and, and certainly the, the three projects we, we, we just discussed. How would you summarize the outcome of the board discussion? Thank you, Ken. Uh, as, uh, as our listeners uh, know, this, this project was something that was approved at the recent January meeting of the board. So the, the task force and the board is really only starting to uh, begin to discuss preliminary issues that we've uh, identified. And we use this as an opportunity to, to share with the board some of the preliminary issues that we have identified thus far as well as some preliminary positions that we've identified with respect to certain of those issues. It was a, a good opportunity to obtain input and feedback and to some extent direction from the board as we continue to consider these matters. Uh, something as fundamental as really understanding what the definition or description of a safeguard would be 
is, uh, is certainly an important starting point and something that we need to agree upon because it, it serves as the basis for much of the rest of the work that we have to do. Of course, it's also important to understand once you've identified what a safeguard is, uh, how you would determine whether or not that safeguard is effective um, in its application in being able to reduce the threats to uh, an acceptable level or, or eliminating those threats altogether, which causes us to be sure that we understand what is meant by a reasonable and informed third party to determine whether or not we have re uh, achieved uh, uh, reducing the threats to an acceptable level. Um, in addition to that, I think it, it leads into some discussions that we've had as to how we might be able to provide better guidance on how the conceptual framework might work, uh, whether we can improve the descriptions to provide better guidance to professional accountants is important as well. We, we also uh, want to be sure that as we look at this, we're, we're taking a look at uh, certain other issues as to how materiality might be reflected in, uh, in the work of the safeguards and where, where materiality might have an impact. Uh, this is an area that uh, I think everyone agrees that we need to proceed cautiously in the work that we're doing. We're also looking at the role that uh, uh, those charged with governance might play with respect to considering safeguards that have been identified and also looking at issues such as uh, whether there can be improved guidance or direction given to uh, with respect to documentation of safeguards. Thank you, Gary, and thank you, board members, and thank you, Stavros. The next meeting of the Ethics Board will be held June 29th through July 1st, 2015 in New York. Ethics board meetings are open to the public, and we encourage those interested to observe our meetings. To register as an observer, go to the meetings page of the Ethics Board's website at www.ethicsboard.org, where you can also find more information about the board and the projects discussed. The Ethics Board records a podcast summary following each meeting. You can subscribe to our podcast channel in iTunes by searching IFAC Accountancy Podcast in the Apple iTunes store. Thank you for listening.